So we need a couple more minutes and then we'll get going. Jayla, did you get soaked too? You know what? I beat the rain this morning. How early were you? Just beat it. I got in at 7.30. It was like starting to trickle. Picked up my pace as fast as I could in my Birkenstocks and got here. I looked silly, but... See, that's when I normally come in, but I accidentally didn't wake up right away. Accidentally? Accidentally. So I ended up getting in at like 8.30. Oh, man. I was so angry at myself. Cause I the was rain probably made it worse. Yeah, I was soaked by the time I got in, and if I had come in at my normal time, I would have been fine. That's no good. That's no way to start a day. I'm sorry. No. Well, Andrew here is wearing gym shorts right now. Yeah. Showing off my legs. We get it, man. You're a basketball player. <laughs> Are those shorts or pants? Uh, no, I screwed up today as well, and that is poorly as Anna. Uh, <laughs> up early, I had a call at eight, and then so I was going to rain. Also, saw that it was hot. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna wear shorts for the walk over to the train, and then I'll switch when I get to the office. I put in an extra T-shirt because, like, well, that's probably gonna get wet in the rain. Uh, but apparently, I left my pants at home, so now I'm a prisoner to these shorts and my cold calves. Athletic guy. Man, nah, not really. We saw these calves. Uh, so it's not even that you like your pants got wet and you have to change into this? Like, this is what you came in. No, I had a different shirt, which is business. Yeah, outside. but I'm talking about your, your body. <laughs> Eyes up here, you know, Eyes up here. I'm like a newscaster. Just don't look. I don't know. The top half doesn't look that great. <laughs> when I started, okay, Anna, uh, the. Ridicule. I like to get feisty. You're so, like one of those teenagers, Andrew, that wears a tuxedo shirt to a wedding. Uh, yeah, I uh, could be that guy. That's you today. <laughs> uh, he owns one already. No, I wish. No, Worked to my wedding. Um, <laughs> the uh, man. Oh, it's Theodore Wetzel's birthday today. Ooh. Hello, Hannah. Hello. Did you not want to join in one of the rooms? No, I got to stay at my desk right now. It's when the mail arrives. Yeah. <laughs> I shall update the future uh, scheduling so you can join in person. Cool, thanks. I always get very excited when the mail person comes at home. <laughs> no, it's three data recycling. All good. Um, all right, so we have, we're waiting on Maddie and maybe a couple other people, but we can get started. Uh, unless the male person's like imminently no. uh, Like, no, Hannah has to go. Uh, so uh, Hannah's the newer person we just chatted in the hall. The general format is everyone shares whatever they're reading, has been reading. Um, and maybe like five to 10 minutes, depending how excited they were about what they're reading. And then open for questions if you want to ask more about whatever the book, magazine was. Uh, and then we just go around once a month uh, and share those pieces with the group. 
Um, so given that, uh, any questions, Anna, as the newbie? No, that's pretty straightforward. Cool. Uh, so Jonathan, uh, our longtime member card carrying, uh, what is the reading that you would like to share for today? Um, I'd like to share, talk about what I finished. I'm on a different book now, but I, um, since um, starting to come to these, I realized I don't read a whole lot of books that can apply to work and just my career in general. Um, so I picked up, uh, I forget where I heard about it. I want to say it was maybe on a podcast or something. Um, it's called Quiet. Um, and it's, it's called Quiet, the power of introverts in a world that can't stop talking. Um, Susan Cain. Yes. Um, she's done a few TED Talks on it as well. Um, so I picked this up because, um, uh, surprise, I am um, an introvert. Um, and uh, thought, sometimes struggle with... Um, uh, like energy management, just like, because, you know, we work in an open office, there's lots of meetings, it's a lot of people time. So wanted to kind of check myself and, and see if there were uh, things I could do or ways I can handle different situations better. And just kind of was curious, mostly. Um, thought it was pretty interesting. Um, the whole first part kind of talks about the quote unquote extrovert ideal um, that we've sort of um, made in uh, mostly like Western um, societies, um, which as a former sociology major, um, I thought was some cool context there. Um, and then, uh, then kind of goes into what introversion looks like in the workplace, kind of what kind of workers and, and thinkers extroverts tend to be. Um, references of a few kind of interesting studies and um, and then the the last part of the book talks which was a less applicable to me but um, was still interesting nonetheless kind of spoke about how to sort of raise uh, a child that you might think or that you know is introverted and sort of how to nurture that um, and not discourage it because a lot of times in in um, especially in Western cultures we sort of discourage introversion in, in, a, in children, um, seeing, you know, a child that's maybe generally quiet or likes to spend time by themselves as sort of uh, a, a alarming thing or, or a potentially bad thing instead yeah. of, you know, constantly socializing, stuff like that. So I uh, thought it was interesting and um, was validating as well, um, just to, uh, yeah, it was, was sort of empowering um, to, to, to read, I think. Yeah, I think I'm trying to remember if I've seen the TED Talk. I've known some people who read the book. Uh, I think it's uh, picked up steam in like rallying people who are introverted. They're like, oh, I don't speak up a lot in social settings or uh, not necessarily a mingler. Um, hello, welcome. Um, so it, it took a lot of um, momentum where now it's like, I think weirdly there are then like conventions for introverts, which seems like the, the <laughs> antithesis of being an introvert. Like 
no more than two people uh, for <laughs> meeting for conference. Uh, so um, I think any things that you learned, Jonathan, uh, that you like, or was it more validation of I am an introvert and that's okay, um, and maybe other strategies of asserting yourself or just being okay that you are more quiet or not extroverted. Sure. Um, well, I think a, it was validating of I'm introverted and that's fine. Um, <laughs> Is that your bumper sticker? If I'm thinking socially speaking, it was it was cool to kind of take a check and say, okay, it's not necessarily um, if I'm in a big group, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's it's uh, sort of realizing what I value when I'm in a big group. So one big takeaway for me was kind of realizing that if I'm in a large setting with lots of people, what I what I really seek out and subconsciously is quartering off with one or two people and having a more one-on-one -on -one meaningful conversation rather than sort of the general mingling, um, uh, lighter, small talk, which isn't a bad thing. Um, just I'm more comfortable in sort of that. You, you can kind of find those more introverted settings even within a, a larger group if you just sort of find someone to talk to and connect with. So I, that was kind of valuable. Um, I sometimes tend to shy away from bigger uh, mingling events because of that. And so that, that was kind of a good way to check myself and, and say, uh, it's, it's, I more just need to realign with what I, what I value and, and seek that out and still participate in, in, in good things like, like a, a larger setting. And, and also kind of helped me um, being someone who works in internal support um, sometimes I'm better at better giving, I can give a better response to something if I take some time to myself to really dive into something and, and, and digest and, and dig through um, possible solutions and, and realizing that that's where I'm going to provide the best support. And sometimes, and so I, I want to be mindful of, of teeing myself up to, to be able to do that. And maybe if someone wants talks to me about something and I can't give them a, a good response right away. I can at least promise them, let me take this back to my desk, dig through it and, and type you up something. Yeah. Julie, yeah. from your advanced studies, um, have you, Calling you out. did you have uh, <laughs> other things about introversion in the workplace or extroversion in some of the courses you took? Um, like just, uh, the only things that I really learned about that I can remember now are like, just knowing how to work with people of different types, you know, and like yeah. being able to like recognize it without like labeling, but yes. having like conversations with your managers of like this is my preference. And your managers to like being adaptable to other people, like uh, maybe a bonding activity is best for them, or like they'd yeah. rather have one on one type like things, being more flexible that way, but and just like yeah. aware. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of just like everyone loves going out for happy hour, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. But yeah, don't center every team about it around alcohol. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. uh, thank you, Jonathan. Uh, do you have another book on the pile? What's next? Uh, I'm reading um, a book called Lonesome Dove. It's a 900-page western. Um, oh wow! Damn. <laughs> which is an introvert like me because I like to just... And it's a long book. <laughs> yes. It's, a, it's actually a pretty smooth read um, and really enjoyable. I, I like the Western genre, so I'm, and I've heard really good things about this one. So, 
Is it as smooth as a ride on a there horse? Is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're herding cattle up to Montana, it's anything but smooth. <laughs> Do you do a lot of that? <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> Gus and Carl, the two uh, range leaders, do. <laughs> do, you, do you find when you read it, you have like a twang, like a Western twang? <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm, I find myself listening to more Towns Van Zant and Neil Young, <laughs> Western kind of gnarlier guys. So um, you have to get in the mood. Yeah. So- if, if you're familiar with Westerns, if you've read anything like Cormac McCarthy or anything like that, it's a lot less dark than Cormac's work. So if you, if you were put off by that, if you've ever tried it, I, I recommend Lonesome Dove. It's a lot, lot lighter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who would like to go next on what they're reading or have Yes, Manny. Hello. Mouthful of food, Manny. Mm-hmm. Mine is not per usual. Um, work-related or like self-improvement, <laughs> just for fun. Summary. But I just finished it last night, and we had a book club last night, so it was very timely. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> but we read a book called Dark Matter. Has anyone ever heard of it? Mm-hmm. Holy shit. I it was so good, and it's such a mind fuck. Like, wow. it, it is so good, though. So it's basically, the premise of it is like the theory of, well, I don't want to give it. Oh, boy. Classic Maddie. But basically, okay, I'll, I'll just, I'll give whatever. So the theory is, like, the multiverse. So basically, like, what they, they go through in the book is that, like, every decision that you make or every pro- possible outcome that could happen from the decisions that you make is happening in another multiverse. So, like, if I, so, like, there are two opportunities where I came to this meeting or I had to skip it, and, like, both of those realities are happening. Oh so it's really it's really weird and it was like very not um not a typical book for like our book club to read but it was so good and it read it really quickly i read it in like two days so i would recommend doing it if you want something like a little different and it's more like sciencey than science fiction so like it's all like it makes sense because like they explain everything you know assuming that this is possible um so that was really cool and then i'm also reading a series that's very similar to like Hunger Games. I don't know if you guys liked those. That I haven't heard of these Hunger Games. Yeah, <laughs> you need to get out more. Um, but that's also really good. It's like probably young adult. It's also really easy to read. But if you wanted a good new series on like, it's like I don't know, post-apocalyptic. Is I don't know if that's the right term, but like dystopian almost. Also very good. It's called. Uh, it's like the Red Rising trilogy. I think is what it's called. Okay. Um, so this dark matter thing. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's an alternate world that you inhabit? Where well, so that's the thing. There's like hundreds of millions of thousands of me. <clears> oh, according God. yeah, according to this this book. Oh, can only so, one man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it is it is interesting. Like one thing I was I kept coming back to, especially like at the end of the book when I was like talking to my girlfriends about it, is like the theme of the book is like you have to be okay with the decisions that you make. Like you're always gonna think back and like be like, Oh, what if I did that differently? And it's like, no matter what choices you make, you're always going to sort of question some. Mm-hmm. So you just have to like kind of be at peace and, and be with, be good mm-hmm. with the decisions that you've made that have gotten you to this point. So I thought that was kind of cool, like taking that away from like the science fiction part of it. It was just like kind of a cool um, like, reflection to have. At any point were you thinking about the world in which you didn't read this? Yes, but no, I, <laughs> honestly, I kept thinking back on like, wow, how would my life be different if I had made different choices? But I'm like, there weren't like, like in this book, there was like one big turning point where like 
where it branched off. What was it? But I'm not telling you. I don't want to give it away. But it was it was interesting, like thinking back. But then I was like, well, there weren't really that many like big pivotal moments in my life that I think things would be that drastically different. But yeah, exactly. Like you don't know. You took a left turn instead of a right turn. Who knows where I'd be? It's a common theme in like some movies. I think mm -hmm. um, there's one I like, uh, uh, Mr. Right. Destiny, with a young Jim Belushi. Oh, this must be an old, old movie. Yes. What do you mean, young Jim Belushi? No such thing. <laughs> Derelict. Uh, and so he. His pivotal moment in his life was had he only he was on the high school baseball team had he hit this pitch instead of struck out like, what, what would have his life been? Yeah. And yeah. it's the same thing like um, uh, Christmas one with Jimmy Stewart. Oh, it's wonderful. Life. Yeah, yeah. If you hadn't been born, so Christmas one. Oh my God. You got yeah. there. No spoilers. I haven't watched it. Are you yeah, serious? No. Oh I could see that reading. Yeah, Susu's Petals! Well, let's play this! I watched that movie like four times a year with my dad. So. <laughs> four times a year? He does his favorite movie in the whole world. He makes us watch it all the time. Every quarter? Yeah, every quarter. It must be March 25th. We do a Zoom meeting of a family. We do it. So, again, are we committing to watch that this year, or are you just like, I've heard it's all movie. It's, it's, a long movie. it's such a good, it's such a classic. You have to watch it. Oh boy. Maybe around Christmas. Mm. All right. Yeah, that's fair. Thank you for sharing, Maddie. Yes, you're welcome. Uh, who'd like to go next? Julie. Who is going? Uh, Just Maddie. Oh. Remote. We need another remote. Hannah or Melissa. And Melissa missed the little intro at the start, so it's just whatever you're reading, just share. I don't know what you're reading. It doesn't mean you have to have finished it, but. I can go. Oh. <laughs> Looks like you're Are in you a sure? sauna. Yeah, you go. <laughs> I am just going to recommend this um, program that I got into a couple years ago. Um, it's a subscription called One Story. And it was really great when I was commuting farther. Um, I was having a hard time finding time to actually sit down and read um, more often and so oftentimes like during my commute I would just read these short stories and basically it's this publishing house in New York City that um, takes submissions year-round of short stories um, oftentimes by people who have written full-length books um, or they're known for their um, short stories or their emerging artists and um, you get I think two stories a month mailed to you in these cute little like <laughs> pamphlets. Um, so I have this whole bookshelf now at home full of different colored one stories. Um, and some of them are fantastic. Some of them aren't as good, um, but you never know what it's gonna be. Um, so I actually haven't read the newest ones yet, but they also have this teen story program now um, where it's teen writers compete and um, also compete for illustrating the stories. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, there have been some really great ones. I think I've been reading since issue 200 or so. Wow. So it's I like thought. an old school lit literary magazine. Kind of, yeah. They're, and it's, cool. they're very hard to like get a hold of also. <laughs> like you have to mail them a, or like for a while you had to like mail them the subscription check. Like, <laughs> yeah, very old school. A, can you send a link out after this? Because like me and my best friend are obsessed with 
YA books and mm. I was like on the literary magazine in high school and this just sounds really cool. Yeah, they're great. Um, so that's one recommendation. Um, I read those occasionally. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And then for the past year or so, like I said, I don't get through books quickly. That's why the short stories work so well for me. Um, but for the last year or so, I've been reading a book by Jessica Mitford called The American Way of Death. And I'm reading the revised edition, the revisited version of the, the book that has updates since the 1990s. Um, she originally wrote and published this in the 1970s. And she was a trailblazer um, in, a, in the, the, the battle to take down the funeral home industry. She was kind of the first woman to really spearhead investigations on, into like the FCC and the, um, just the, the shady business practices of like guilting people into spending exorbitant amounts of money. And she really, um, really explores at first how, the, how this practice of like crazy expensive funerals and the casket and everything that goes into it um, has only really been around in America for the past like 100, 150 years. This, like nowhere else in any other country is this practice as um, accepted. Um, and it's actually kind of just like disgusting to other countries. And, um, but because the funeral industry has gained so much power, even with a lot of these investigations that have come out since her research, um, it's, it's spreading to like London. Um, funeral home chains are kind of buying up these smaller mom and pop um, shops and it's spreading to Europe and it's becoming a little bit more customary to have these crazy funerals. Um, and so she's just kind of watching the, since, since she first released it, she has gone into even more research onto like lawsuits and how the chains are buying up those smaller ones and, and um, a lot about cremation and it's just very interesting. Wow. Very upbeat. <laughs> Um, yeah. How did you learn about this one? What was that? How did you learn about this book? I was approached by a woman who um, wanted to illustrate um, like the history of American funerals. Um, she watched, she needed an illustrator for it and the project never actually came around, but she gave me a ton of um, recommendations to read and so it was just the first. Hmm. Yeah. So I just listened to a podcast yesterday about the New York Times. I think it was the New York Times, but they, the obituary writer, she like was investigating why there's no women being written about and like the inventions that they had. Like she had like the inventor of the sock puppet. And she's like, why are these all men? Where are the women? And she did like this whole process and only 30% of submissions are women for obituaries or something crazy. So that's what that new Netflix special is like based off of. It's like, women, like the mysteries of women, history, I don't know, something like that, but Whoa. weird connection. Yeah. I'll have to watch that now. Yeah. I'm almost done with it. Haven't finished. <laughs> the stories keep getting in the way. No. <laughs> to another pamphlet in the mail. Uh, <laughs> thanks for sharing, Hannah. Yeah. Uh, Melissa, you want to go next? Yeah. Um, Follow so that. 
Yeah. So we're a big reading family. So everybody in my family reads a lot except for my sister because she works so much. Um, but I just opened up my Amazon to pull up the book and I share it with my parents and all I see are my dad's like spy books that he buys like three of a week. So if anyone reads spy books that involve gray man, like, please talk to me about it because my dad, that's like all me and my dad talk about is him telling me about all this wild stuff that happens in his spy books with Gray Man. Um, but I'm currently reading A Man Called Ove. Oh, my mom's obsessed with that book. I'm so excited because I read Frederick Bachman's um, other, well, one of his other books, Bear Town, which was yeah. oh, I fantastic. Oh. Like, Fantastic. I I loved it. It was so, I mean, it was really hard thematically to read at times. Um, but I think it was one of the first, like, male writers I've read in a while that you literally don't know, like, the writer's gender, because he does such a great job of pulling out the complexities of gender-related issues um, and, like, being in the mindset of a young girl and a mother. And it was and he, he does a really great thing that I feel like um, Celeste Ning also does very well of no issue is a simple issue. Like no resolution is simple. Everything is incredibly complex because people are incredibly complex. And he wove that in so well. So I just started Man Called Oak, super pumped about that. But I just finished Dark Places, which was really fun. Um, Wait, what was Dark Places again? That's what I thought you were talking oh, about. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> That's sharp objects. Yeah, so Dark, yeah, I thought you were talking about that when you said Dark Matter, but Dark Places is one of the, like, Jillian Flynn trifecta, right? So there's, like, uh, Gone Girl, which I personally didn't really care for the book, um, Sharp Objects, which I was obsessed with, and then Dark Places, which, like, it's just the most fucked up female protagonist. She's just like the worst person, but you get why she's such a terrible person. And it's like really dark subject matter, but it's had such a great sense of humor along with it. And it's again, kind of so much happens and it's a murder mystery type book, right? But you also, at the end of it, you're like, it's hard to judge these people. And it's this idea of like, just very quickly judging people. It, was, it has to do with a lot of the satanic panic that happened in the 1980s, right? Um, and, you know, people just like hopped onto something and judged people so outright. And then, you know, now when you take a look back, like, yes, it, you know, was this person kind of odd and were they strange and did they do everything right? Like, no, not at all. But does that necessarily mean that they are deeply evil? Like, no, not necessarily. Um, and so that was a big theme of the book for like each one of the characters. Um, so I really enjoyed it. Um, and I read, that's all I did last weekend. Like I had my introvert reset weekend where I just like turned my phone off and like didn't really talk at all, <laughs> like, except to like my dog, like all last weekend. <laughs> and I just like finished Dark Places and started Man Called Ove. And I've been in like the most fantastic mood this week because I like, had like two days of just reading my book and not speaking to anyone. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I, I would highly recommend like Frederick Bachman as a writer. Um, and if you're good into Jillian Flynn, like Dark Places was for sure like really good. Um, but Sharp Objects was, I think, a little bit better, um, just a little bit more concise. 
So for Frederick Bachman, did you or so I had a hard time reading Baritone because I thought it was really good, but it was hard to read, like heavy. So how is how does a man called Oak compare? Like is it it's good. Okay. Yeah, so they say that Maya Caldova is a lot lighter, like a lot more charming. Um, for me, it seems like it has a lot of correlations to like Eleanor Oliphant. Oh, uh, yeah, so like I'm only like in the beginning of it, but it's essentially like there's just, it, I can already see there's a lot of kind of correlations to that character. And it's again, it's only 300 pages, so I'm like pumped. Um, but yeah. Is that Rosie Project? No, I haven't. Oh, it kind of reminds me of Mangalove, I think. I, I haven't read that one yet. But real quick, if anybody wants like a quick, easy, fun read, I have the best book recommendation. I'm going to pull it up right now. Like it's so good. And it's actually was recommended to me by my old coworker. It's a Canadian book. So it's not like super well known. Um, but the writer is just a kook. And he writes this whole book about, it's called 15 Dogs. Um, so let me see. Yeah, it's like, it's like a novella, right? So I think it's under 200 pages. Um, and it is so good. So it's by, um, let's see here. It's by um, Andre Alexis. And the concept of it, so I was a philosophy and creative writing major. So it just hit on like, and like, I obviously love dogs, so it just hit on like everything for me. <laughs> um, and it, so it starts off with like two gods who like just come down to kick it and like have a beer in Toronto. And so they're like, you know, walking off their beers afterwards and they start having this conversation about like, you know, are humans really that evil or like can, you know, nobody with, can any creature with human level intelligence actually live a happy life and die happy. And so they're like, ah, well, I think, you know, this, so they wage a bet between the two of them and they cross this like dog kennel. And this all happens in the first 10 pages. So like, it's, it's definitely like the setup for it. It's not going to ruin <laughs> it for you. And so they just like cross this dog kennel where there's 15 dogs, like being boarded there overnight. And so they're like, ba-boom, all of these dogs have human-level intelligence. And then it just <laughs> follows how everything happens. And so it, at first, when you're reading it, it's like, it's pretty sarcastic humorous. Um, but it's actually like pretty insightful. It's, um, you think it's about, like, dogs, but it really ends up being such a great, like, anthropological look at humanity and what we qualify that makes us human. Um, and it's really good. So that that I highly recommend if you want like a fun, quick book, that's an under 200 pager. And I mean, it's all dogs. So like, how could you not like it? <laughs> yeah. um, I think that might be a good segue for the book I read. I did complete a book, very Whoa! proud of myself. Yay! Uh, if I, can't it, if I, I don't think it, uh, it's called Aristotle's Wave. Uh, I read about it uh, in a business magazine. Uh, and so it's this woman who's a professor in the UK. Uh, she studies uh, the ancient Greeks and literature and the classics. Uh, and so she has read all of Aristotle's work, which I've read zero. Uh, nor did I ever really study beyond general world history of like Aristotle was a philosopher. 
in Greece. Uh, that was the extent of my knowledge. Um, but uh, what she does uh, pretty well is concisely go through different themes through all of Aristotle's writings. Um, so she starts with happiness um, and then works her way through 10 chapters to death. Uh, so the philosophy of dogs is also present in the philosophy of Aristotle. Um, and so a lot of the thought now on happiness research uh, directly ties back to Aristotle's writing on happiness in a purposeful life um, and kind of pursuing whatever, uh, I think the Greek word was dynamis, like your inner uh, passion or pursuit uh, purpose on earth. Um, so it's interesting. I found it, for me, easy to read because there are relatively shorter chapters. Um, she does a good job of mixing in uh, where it's not just translating ancient Greek to now. It's kind of here are the themes he wrote about, how they're still applicable today. Um, and then in there, she peppers through like certain uh, entomology of like this word is what Aristotle used. It's been translated to this over time, but really at its core, it really meant this. Um, so one of them was this dynamis thing for like your purpose, uh, which then got used for dynamite as something like explosive. But then with dynamite, then the word took on more of a uh, negative connotation versus a positive to it, blow up positively. Mm -hmm. um, so she addresses some of those things. She includes some elements about her own life. Uh, the last chapter on death, she references her mother who passed away and some of Aristotle's thoughts on uh, mortality, of uh, doing as much as you can while on Earth. Uh, Aristotle did not believe in the gods. It was just like, you have this time on Earth and that's it. Uh, so that kind of governed uh, his thinking. And then one other bit that I learned that was interesting. Uh, so Aristotle's first wife died and she had given birth to a child. And then uh, Aristotle then paired up with a woman that he didn't marry but they, because he didn't marry her, they perceived that she was either a slave or a lower class citizen of the area, so he wouldn't marry someone yeah. for in that time. Um, but, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then, um, in his will, he made sure that she was taken care of, um, and then the slaves that he had, that they were to be freed upon his death, and that if they weren't old enough, that as soon as they became of age, they would be freed. So like some of these Ooh. things that other people, potentially if uh, your property and at that time uh, having people as property or divided or owned by someone else, then they could just sell people off right. and profit from it versus ensuring that if you promise these people freedom after some period of service. Um, so it was interesting. Uh, I would recommend it. There was some chapters where she kind of veered off whatever the core topic was of the chapter so if it was on mortality, then she'd kind of veer off a little bit about her own life or something else that wasn't really on the same theme, um, but it was adjacent. So uh, interesting. Um, learned some things about Aristotle um, and the Greek philosophers. Um, she, with her family, went and walked the land that Aristotle walked. Uh, one of his main things for thinking, probably to the uh, theme of introversion, he would go on walks, and that's when he would do his thinking, his philosophizing. Um, which is interesting, uh, but uh, I think our, I'm going to start having our meetings be walking meetings. Ooh, I like that. Especially in the winter. How are we going to communicate with everyone? 
everyone just on their own separate headset? Yeah, it's gonna be like a tour, you know, where everyone has like someone has the stick, you know, with like a little ribbon. Like follow me. The flag, yeah. yeah. And it's just a, a group call. Perfect. Uh, but Aristotle's way, Edith Hall. Interesting. I wouldn't say I was like, oh my god, I learned so many new things. I think I saw a lot of threads of other books I read about happiness or finding your purpose. Those those core philosophy things uh, were kind of tied back to Aristotle, like how advanced of a thinker he was. Interesting. Anna, Julie, do you have books to share? Notes? Uh, I do not have any books to share. What about your Frenchie one? Uh, I, not much to share. I was reading a book in French, you know, to work on my French. I probably understood 25% of it. <laughs> so, like, it was great to read. I understood some general concepts, but not too much to say there. Uh, I am on the lookout for new books, which is why I came. So good. Oh, I have so many, so many recommendations. Okay. Yeah. Well, I am right now inside of Overdrive. Nice. Chicago, Chicago Public Library. So, you <laughs> available. so yeah, I'm just here to listen. Thank you for coming, Anna. Julie? Um, I finished a book too yesterday on a train. Oh, nice. I did not fall asleep. Congrats. I fell asleep the day before. On the train? Yeah. I was just like nodding off and I think I scared the person. Oh, it's like 30 minutes. Are you oh, standing or sitting? It's sitting. I have to stand and read. Otherwise, I will not off. But um, it's called Americana. I talked about it last right. time. Um, for those of you who didn't hear about it, it's really good. It's from her last name is I don't know. You, got you can this. pull it up. Oh, it's she's African. Jeez. Um, but the story is like it's a fictitious fictitious story, mm -hmm. and uh, but it's like based on life events. So she is growing up in. Africa in this town called Lagos or city called Lagos and um, moves to America and attends one of the Ivy League schools, Princeton, I think. Um, she's on the East Coast and then starts a blog. She talks about race a lot in her blog. She like, it's just a lot about like how she figures out her identity and like she makes the decision to like keep her accent, stuff like that. Um, but then her like high school boyfriend he couldn't get into America and they lost touch because she like couldn't get a job for a while and like got she like took this job off Craigslist to, like be a masseuse for this guy and he like kind of raped her but not really. Very bad experience and then she like lost touch with her boyfriend. He moved to England and then they both ended up back in Africa and like reconnected. So it was a lot of like things that I couldn't fully relate to, but in ways that I could relate of like just basic human relationships mm -hmm. and like trying to find like, just like her college experience was like relatable and trying to find a job and stuff yeah. like that. But then she's also like dealing with race and um, things like it, it defines it as like a post 9-11 world. So like they kind of talk about politics a little bit and like he just couldn't get in because he was, it was like a more strict time. Yeah. So it was really, really good. And it was really like smartly written. It was pretty funny, and just like how she like navigates all that was so nice to read. And she has like all of her books are like best lists. Must whatever. be nice. Bestsellers, yeah. yeah. So that's really good. And then my mom bought me this like clearance half price books book like nice. over a year ago that I'm finally gonna read. It's like a stupid story about a I think it's a young adult like What's it called? love story. It's like <laughs> it's not stupid. You're stupid. Everything every now. <laughs> Everything I learned about love.
No. It's like, I think it's like similar to that movie that came out where the girl's like allergic to the sun and then she like fell in love with her neighbor. Oh. Or whatever. Yeah. Spoiler. Like, go outside. Spoiler alert. I read the back this morning. I was like, I guess I'll read this. <laughs> yeah, it was like 200 pages. I'll read this in this one was now. like 500 pages, so it did take me a little bit longer than I yeah. thought, but it was so good. I highly recommend it. Would you, so you said it was funny, but this review said it was very funny. Yeah. So which which is it? Is funny it or funny? very yeah. funny? <laughs> it was funny. It didn't make me like chuckle, but it was like, whoa, that was smart and funny. Mm. I got really excited because it was uh, available to download yeah, as an uh-huh. ebook, only to realize that was a Spanish version. Oh, I have a hard copy with me right now if you just want that. Can I? Ones, I'd love to. I bought it on Twitter. Also, no, there, it was the only one available. The other one was China. It doesn't mean. I don't understand. Again, I'm myself. I'm pretty e-book. Well, because there's probably a library. The library has to purchase a certain amount of licenses. Yeah. It's like a Zoom license. Wait, Anna, what type of books do you like to read? French. In the English language. No, no, no. So I, um, I like like historical fiction. I think. Ooh, oh my god! I have the one. It's not historical fiction. That sounds like a textbook. It's one out of two. Um, do you like like World War Two era things? Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, my absolutely. I've read all of the World War Two. Like books, Every book pretty much. I I, not all of them, but so many. It's like my favorite genre, <laughs> yeah. especially ones with like strong female characters. So the Nightingale is my absolute favorite one. Yeah, so that's, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> that is like it might be one of my favorite books of all time. It is Whoa. actually Gone with the Wind is my favorite book of all time. Also, yeah. World War II. I have the Nightingale. <laughs> oh my god, you have to read it. It's so good. It might take a little getting into, what but it is here? so good. Yeah, go, go home. Go it's really hard to get into the first like 50 pages, but it's like so worth it after that. They just really lead in. Okay, great. So well, so I'll read Americana first. And then you can let us know which one you like better, aka do you like me or Julie better? I have a quick question. There's this book that I was like so excited for um, and I started it like three times and I just I'm having a hard time actually figuring out how the writer intended me to read it. And I wanted to see has anyone read Lincoln and the Bardo? No, I've heard of it, but I haven't read it. Yeah, it made like such a big impact and was like on the man booker shortlist and stuff and i got it and i'm like i think i'm pretty smart and i'm like i don't get it like i don't is this supposed to be i don't get it and so i'm like bummed out because i really want to read it Hmm. but i've tried three times and i'm like i just need somebody else who's read it and actually liked it to like how far did you get through the book yeah that's what i was wondering like 40 pages but it's bizarre because like the way it's written is like news excerpts Mm. from like newspapers in like the time of the civil war and so it's like i know and so it sounds like it'd be cool but it is like shitty to read because you're just like yeah it's like reading a whole um you know when you write an essay and you have to like do the like references of what you yeah. reference? It's like reading that, but it's like <laughs> the book. My um, like rule of thumb is if I get halfway through, like I'll give it to halfway through a book. Like I'll like push through and then if at halfway point I'm like I still am not enjoying this or like I can't get into this, that's when I'll shelf it. Yeah. But 
Because like some some really good books take a lot yeah. of getting into. I would yeah, I would say try and go try and go like a couple hundred or like I don't know how many pages it is actually, but yeah. Well, I would check it. My guess would be like so. If I heard you correctly, stylistically, it's just like the newspaper Great clippings. Yeah. Like not like you know, I didn't read it, but Gone Girl, where they have like little blurbs, right, of letters, mm-hmm. where like it was just different voices and things, but like. Yeah. So if this if it's just the news clippings, I'd probably flip ahead and be like, is the style the same where it's just yeah. newspaper clippings? Because my thought would be maybe they did it to set here's what the peer here's what was going on yeah. in the period. Yeah. Like, but what oh, is the whole doggone thing? <laughs> so, so I'm just like but yeah, you're right. I did only get like forty pages in and I was like, meh. Um, yeah, I read, I read a book a, a couple months ago, Guernsey Literary Potato Peel Society. It's actually now a Netflix special, but... Oh, I've been wanting to read that. So it, it was kind of similar, though. So the whole book is written in letters, and sometimes they're short letters, sometimes they're long. But it took me a long time to get into because I was like, this is such a weird format. Like, yeah. I feel like I'm not actually getting the whole story. But then, like, it adds up really nicely at the end. But it took me, like, I probably didn't get into it until halfway through the book. Maybe more because the style is just so different. Yeah. It's just not what you're used to. But but then I ended up loving the book. So I would recommend trying to stick with it if you can. Did you guys ever read The Goldfinch? Yeah, was, no. Yeah. That's an old book, isn't it? So and it's like from 2013. I own it if anyone wants to borrow it. But it's a book that literally told, took me the entire book to get into it. And I'm still not sure if I ever got into it. But like, it was like super critically acclaimed, like hmm. did very well. Uh, Pulitzer Prize 2014. Like I, I don't know. What was it about? Like, what was it about the book that was so hard to get into? You think? I think, I think it went too slow for me. Okay, like the plot wasn't moving along. That's yeah. Long. It's about a kid that uh, survived a terrorist bombing in an art museum, and he survived it. Like his mom died, and he like stole a painting on his way out. And then it's about his life and him trying to like hide the painting from police and not get caught and stuff like that. So like, I don't know. I don't know if I was just missing something. Did you read it? Oh, my mom did. She loved it. Should we, should we dial her in? She probably like that. <laughs> yeah, let me know because my sister tried recommending that for, I have a little book club with my mom and my sister, and my sister recommended that one. She was like, because it has a Pulitzer Prize, and I overruled her for another murder mystery. But, um, I know. Um, but yeah that's that's interesting to hear about that because i have heard like fantastic things but that is exactly how i feel about like lincoln and the bardo of like if everyone loves this book so much and i think i'm so smart like why do i hate it yeah, yeah. i do like your sharing of your self-perceived intellect thank you for that's the case though with these like critically novels like if they're very either specific writing styles or like something's just different about them where like mm-hmm. like writers and like critics love them. Yeah. But it's like same as like when sometimes like movies are critics love the movies yeah. and like the yeah. popular audience doesn't actually like them. Yeah. yeah. What was so, so good about this? <laughs> what was the book? Like is this the book lovers club or the book haters club? Because I think that one meets next mm-hmm. week. That's the, the same year, twenty sixteen. <laughs> it could go either way. No, it's just book lovers. Yeah, dang. Well. Um, has anyone read Educated? Because I read Where the Crawdads Sing and loved it. And then my friend who we share books just recommended to me yesterday. She was like, read Educated. Um, but I have like a smorgasbord of books to read. So I'm like, I want to know which to prioritize. Mm. Yeah, that's on my list. But I haven't read it yet. And 
do most people read one book at a time, or do you juggle books? Mm, depends on the day, but usually juggle. Usually yeah. I read like half a book at a time. <laughs> then so the last to bring it back. Depends on the book, quite frankly. To, I mean, I live in California, but quite frankly, if it's a book that I can like get stoned and read on the weekend, like I'm gonna pound through that book like in a week. So in that case, I'll do like a book at a time. But if it's not a book like that, then I'll read two at a time. Ooh. Yeah, she Wait, what else did she write? Sarah Westover? Yeah, she... Um, I thought you said you had read one of hers that you loved. For Educated? Yeah, never mind. Stay <laughs> <Stand> down. <laughs> just followed her. I've been adding all of these books we've been talking about to my Amazon wish list. Um, my sister this summer, or actually earlier in the year, I was having like a really bad couple of months. And she surprised me by going into my Amazon book wish list and bought me all the books in the wish list and like had it just like surprise sent to my house. And I swear that was just the best like present I've ever gotten in my life. I was so excited. <laughs> Good to hear that Where the Crawdads Sing is recommended because that was just suggested to me two days ago and that was next on my list. Oh yeah. So good. I, Do it. My book club read that. I, had, I missed that one, but they said it was incredible. They loved it. It's so good. It's one of those where like afterwards you're just like, you're, you're just, you're kind of sad that you have to leave her, you know, like one of those books where you're like, oh, I want to. This is over. Like, yeah, yeah, it's done, but it's, it's like so romantic and it's so beautiful. Um, and actually, Reese Witherspoon bought the rights to it. So Reese Witherspoon Ooh. is going to be making a movie out of it, um, similar to what she's doing right now with the Celeste Ning book, which highly recommend that as well um, for um, Little Fires Everywhere. Cool. I've, I have oh, been trying yeah. to get into that one and have had a hard time. Yeah. Really? Yes, that's in my stack right now. Again, I haven't gotten very far, but I just like every time I pick it up, I read a couple pages and I'm like, eh. Yeah. yeah. She, I would say Celeste does an absolutely incredible job of, um, again, no character is simple. And it just, every single character gets more and more complex and real. And you're able to relate to everyone, even the characters that are the antagonists, the further you go into it, because like nothing is simple. Um, and especially in a town like some tract housing, like suburb where everybody wants to be, you know, simple and perfect. And the reality is no one is. And like every situation is incredibly complex and not black and white. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I loved Little Fires Everywhere. And I also really enjoyed her other book, um, All the Things I Never Told You. Um, oh, that All the Things I Never Told You was really good. That was the first book we read in our book club because... It was a mixed family with a white mom and it had to do a lot with the hidden pressures that the parents put on the children um, because of what they had to go to through to make their relationship um, to, to have to get married and to have their relationship um, and it's all those internal pressures that they don't say but are actually there in a way so heavily on everyone um, as part of those like struggles for what, you know, how the family came to be. So that was the first one me and my sister were like, mom, you should read this. Um, <laughs> uh, but that was really good too. So if you end up not getting into little fires everywhere, um, 
I would highly recommend all the things I never told you because it actually is shorter as well. It's only 300 pages. What's the author? Celeste, Celeste Mink. I don't know. NG. Yeah, NG. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, recap. So Jonathan read Quiet by Susan Cain about introversion. Also reading Lonesome Dove. Yeehaw. Uh, Mandy Dark Matter. Julie finished up Americana. Uh, Melissa, Gray Man Spy Books. Recommend if you want to connect with Melissa's dad. Uh, Man Called Ove, uh, Dark Places, and 15 Dogs. So you're winning this this month as far as four books that you claim to be reading or have read. Uh, Hannah shared one story in the American Way of Death Revisited. And then I shared Aristotle's Way. Um, and then I sent the Google Doc in the book learning Slack. Thank you. Uh, Thank and you. then this was recorded, so I'll save it and put it up on the podcasts. Uh, so if you miss one, you can always listen to those. Anna will try to read Americana and the Nightingale by next time. And decide which you like. One month and decide which of us she likes. I will read five pages of each book. And again, we have weekly updates. And I will intersperse them one by one. Tell me when to stop. I think it would be fun to create a list of like all the books you own. No. I have so many. No. Like you know how much work is involved? It's not that hard. Take 10 minutes. Ten minutes? Ten minutes? How many would you have five books? It would take an hour. Oh. I think they have like little pens that you can scan the UPC or the ISBN number. You just have too many books then, right? Oh, we have a lot of books. You've been to the house. A lot of books. Have you met me in? Yeah. See, I have like 20 books. So it's oh. easy. I have a lot of books. I love lending them out though. Yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. know how many we have. And forcing people to talk to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, so what did you think? Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, don't ignore me. You see all my posts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have oh, Maddie, I am going to be reading Defending Jacob because of oh, you, you and Lucy talking that book up yeah, so much when we were in Chicago. That was kind of dark, but also a pretty fast read. It's intriguing. Like, you just the whole time, you don't know what's going on. But very good. Thanks yeah. for joining. Bye. Bye, Anna. Bye, Melissa. Bye bye.